Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to Old Time Rock and Roll. I'm your host, Lee Douglas, and tonight's show is definitely very special because we are interviewing one of the pioneers, one of the legends of Old Time Rock and Roll. They were inducted into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 1999, got to receive the Rhythm and Blues Foundation Pioneer Award in 1993, And 
on January 14, 2009, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted them into their rightful place. And interestingly enough, the group was inducted by longtime friend Smokey Robinson. Today we're going to be talking to the lead singer of the Imperials, as he was in 1958, as he is today, little Anthony. And we're going to speak with him in just a few minutes. I'd like to tell you this much. This is a big, big show. And you know what? I'll tell you the truth. When you get two guys from Brooklyn talking, then the show is going to be long because Neither one of us, and I'm not saying neither one of us want to say goodbye as the song goes, neither one of us could stop talking. We just spoke and spoke and spoke, and what you're going to hear tonight is basically the entire interview. Well, we'll probably have to cut it into two parts. Let's see how it goes. But as it is, we've got a lot of music to cover, a lot of bases to cover with little Anthony Gordine. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Old Time Rock and Roll. And tonight's show is reminiscing with the first of 2012, and we're going to bring you tonight one of the driving forces in oldies music. I know he doesn't like it. He considers himself a very uh, contemporary guy, and but he is a legend in the field of old-time rock and roll music. His songs have... Well, just his songs from Shimmy Shimmy, Coco Bop, Tears on My Pillow, and so many others have just been played to death. I think I think there's, some of them are probably in the million, million Dollar Club. And we're going to put Anthony on right about now. And uh, as soon as I get him unmuted here. And we got it. And from from Nevada. One of the only places that's probably as warm as Orlando, uh, we have Anthony Gordine, Little Anthony. Welcome to the show. Hey, doing, Lee? How are you? I am fine. How are you? Is it? How is the weather out there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I, oh, good, because I got you on speaker because I, I don't want to hold it in my ear. <laughs> I know I'm the same way, but I uh, always feel it sounds better somehow uh, for the right. recordings. But uh, well, the- the weather is is I think the day is sixty six. Yeah, we're pretty. It's pretty normal here. We, we get we got a little time here. What we have our little, you know, fall of the year where it's the high is like sixty one. But in right. the next two weeks, by the time we get around December the tenth or twelfth, it's going to drop, and then we'll be in the forties, and that's going to wow. be very cold here. I thought that's desert. I don't. I I guess I don't. I have. I've only been to Las Vegas area once. Um, I know you were in. Um, just to break it for a minute, you were in uh, Minneapolis, weren't you last last week? Yeah, we were at the jazz, uh, Dakota Jazz Club in Isn't Minneapolis. That, cold? that is a really? place I don't want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were there for about uh, three days. Wow. I mean, I, I don't think I could even breathe in that weather. I don't know. But uh, anyway. It's not, really, uh, not, it's not cold yet at all. It was oh. chilly. It was chilly. Yeah. It was like in the 40s but uh, during the day. But that that's that's tolerable. But <laughs> but by the, by the next couple of weeks, 
Oh, my gosh. That'd be more like 40 below up there. Uh, I'll tell you, when I spoke with your road manager, Julie, and I said, how's the weather? And she said, it's cold. <laughs> so I guess that meant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she had anything above uh, below 60 degrees is cold to Julie. So <laughs> well, that's me, too. Yeah, we only, uh, here in Orlando, we uh, we kind of go from the end of, well, the beginning of of October to the beginning of June, we go out. Yeah, and then the rest of the time we just hibernate. Right. right. I, I was many times, my daughter lives there, my grandson right. lives there, and I've been there when my son was playing football for the XFL, and I was there in January, and I'm telling you, it was cold. <laughs> yeah, the last year it was cold. And I was going to bring that up later, but as long as you did, uh, I believe your son is now playing for the San Diego Chargers. Is that true? Well, you used to play for the San Diego Chargers. That's a long time ago. No, he's 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 in aerospace industries now, up in Seattle, and that's where he lives. Oh, wow. I got bad info. I don't like that. Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> wow. How long did he play? He only played, well, he played, he played only, he got hurt. In the ex- he, got, he got hurt in camp at the Chargers camp, and they eventually released him, and then he went on to the XFL. And, you know, we, we all know what happened to the XFL. So. Yeah, that's. That's a that's a tough sport. It's nothing like singing, is it? <laughs> well, it's, it's a physical, physically tough sport. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, Anthony, what I want to do is is give you a chance just to to briefly, and I know you got so much you want to talk about. Briefly, go over your your the early times of Anthony. Uh, I know you grew up in Brooklyn, different different section than we did, but uh, in fact, I remember. I know you you went to Boys High. Uh, I remember when when we used I went to Madison and every time uh, they would have a, a game scheduled with Boys High, nobody yeah. came. We were scared <laughs> to death of that area. I mean, honestly, Anthony, uh, when Boys High came to Man. our school, we were frightened to death. We didn't. We stayed in our houses, if we, especially if Madison beat them. I don't think that was too often, but uh, yeah, that was pretty. Um, you guys at Madison High School, we, we call upper 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 crust. Yeah, guys, upper crust. Yeah, yeah. I, like, my dad was a teacher. I don't know about upper crust, but uh, so you, when did you when did you start singing? I started singing. Well, actually, I've been singing all my life. I mean, it's uh, my mom. My mom. My mother was a gospel singer, and uh-huh. my dad was a jazz musician. He played alto and tenor sax. All of my brothers were musicians. My oh. great-grandfather was a great singer. My grandfather was a singer. So D- DNA-wise, you know, genetically, uh, it, was, it, was, it was my destiny probably to be a singer. Um, my, one of my brothers was very good. My brother Donald, who passed away many years ago, he was really good. Um, and that's where I started. Actually making noise and making sounds that they start thinking, that wait, wait a minute, this kid is... Uh, uh, there's something going on here. It, it, as as I was told by my parents and others, because I was too young to remember, at three years old I was singing. If, now, I know you, uh, one thing I have known, and I want to let you talk about that in a little while, is that you don't want, you don't consider yourself, or never did, a doo-wop group. That's because we're not. And what, what <laughs> uh, you know, I have that people look at me and I say, you know why? Because I was there. Uh, because mm-hmm. The name doo-wop came in 1973. There was no name for the type of singing that we were doing in those days. 
We were right. called street corner singers, R&B, rhythm and blues singers. That means the Flamingos, that means the Moonlows, that means any of those great groups that came out were R&B. It was race music, it was called. Predominantly black folks were listening to that kind of singing. Right. And it wasn't until later years that the, uh, the, uh, the groups like the Elegants and the Prees and, and the, you know, Dion and the Belmonts and, and quite a few groups came out with their style, which was entirely different. It was not an R&B soul style. It was right. their style. And they, they used a lot of um, cliches in their songs, like do wop do wop do wop do you know, or, uh, you know, ba 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 So they used really something that was, was totally different from, from the black groups that came up. It, what happened was there were so many groups, and it came in the rock and roll era. You know, really, it was rock and roll. If you want, it was birth. Rock and roll was born from R&B. That's the, right. the child of R&B. And, um, and so if you put it in that context, I mean, during the days of Alan Free, there was no doo-wop. And there were, and there were thousands of groups. Frank and the Teenagers, you know, Dell Vikings. There was nobody, there was no name. That name came in 1973 because they, no one knew how to, and we are in the country where we like to categorize things, you know, right. to identify them. If we don't know what it is, we, we get nervous. I'm not sure I was told in New York City. He just started saying doo-wop because it, it, this, the background songs of those groups that I was saying, like the, the elegance and all them, was doo-wop-a, doo-wop-a, doo-wop-a. So he started saying that, but it had absolutely nothing to do 
with the groups like the Moon Glows and the Flamingos who are doing only have eyes for you, do what? No, I don't think so. And so some energetic, uh, you know, entrepreneur promoter or something somewhere somehow began to promote that, and it, it, it caught on. You know, actually, we, we did a, the first PBS thing we ever did that they did on the revival was called PBS Revival or something. And then when it, it was so successful that the next one they did, they put on doo-wop <laughs> because they found that, oh, that's what it's called. Uh, doo-wop does a disservice to the people that perform, do wrote songs for us. People like Al Braffin and Sylvester Lewis, Tears of My Political, was a pop song. It is registered as a pop song. You'd like to find that out. You go to the United States government. It's a pop song. There's no such thing. If you want to call just two kinds of people in the world a street song, yeah. Just two kinds of people in the world. One can't be fall in love. Just two kinds of people in the world. They are a boy and girl. and Don Costa, one of the greatest prolific record producers that, and, 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 and arrangers that ever been known in the history of the United States of America, who wrote songs, Teddy wrote songs like Gone Out of My Head, Hurt So Bad, Take Me Back, 
prolific songs that are being sung all over the world by so many different artists from Sinatra to Nancy Wilson and on called a doo-wop. If that's the case, then Sinatra must be a doo-wop singer. Da-da-da-da-da 
Freddie's Welcome, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Smokey Robinson. Thank you so much. Uh, it is a great, great pleasure for me to be here. They called me and they said, um, this year we are inducting Anthony and Imperials into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Would you come and do it? And I didn't even have to ask me that because uh, these guys are my brothers. And I really mean that. I have known them since. And... Uh, We were backstage talking about how quickly time goes by. Time has gone by like that. I know that uh, we were on the road together as kids and uh, just hanging out, having a good time. Uh, many people you meet and you, you meet them and it's always, hey, how you doing, what's happening, uh, what are you going to do? But some people just become your brother brothers and the miracles and Anthony and Pierce and I, we hung out together all the time. So it is a joy for me to be here for what I consider to be a long overdue event. I mean, I, I absolutely love these guys. I think they are one of the greatest groups to have ever decided that they were going to sing together. As you can see, <laughs> and they are still awesome. If you haven't had the chance to see them anywhere live lately, give yourself a treat. Go see them somewhere, wherever they are in your area, because they are the bomb. <laughs> It gives me great, 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 great joy. And I feel it's such a blessing to me to be able to do this. Um, it gives me great joy to say Anthony, Clarence, Sammy, Ernest, and Nate. Come on up here and get what you deserve. I think it's ridiculous. Well, it happens. I don't think... You know, I know some people that I feel should be in there, and they're not. You know, and, and when you look at the amount of records that we sold, when they realized it, when they did their research, and i tell you who our champions were. It was um, Paul Simon, Paul mm -hmm. Schaefer, and Billy Joel. Those three guys were on the committee, and they actually, actually talked to Paul Schaefer, who said, this is, this, enough is enough. We're going to put you guys on the Letterman show. And that's what we were on the Letterman show in 2009. Here we are. Our next guests are a great rhythm and blues group who this year are celebrating their 50th anniversary, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations, everybody. Their forthcoming CD entitled You'll Never Know. Please welcome Little Anthony and the Imperials. Oh, mm -hmm. 
rock and roll anymore. Um, no, it isn't. What we knew, and you're perfectly right, Lee, there is no more rock and roll. There's hip-hop. There are different brands and styles. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, there's alternative. There's rock. Even the hard rock is, is, is going the way the dodo bird. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got this different style now. Alternative, you know, it's just, you know, black IPs, and it's just, it, it's, there is no, as we know, rock and roll, but I, but I tell you, the reason why they keep calling it rock and roll, again, it goes back to what I'm saying about doo-wop. Right. Americans need to have a label on something for them to even know what it is. They buy everything because it's labeled, it's a brand. And so you needed a brand. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens. I, mean, I think it should be gone. I mean, I think that the that the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should close the door as to any new groups coming in. I mean, other than I don't, if you I don't wonder, think gonna be, I don't think there is going to be any new groups. One of the groups that I thought should have been really considered was was uh, was uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. 
Heard you're getting married Heard you're getting married This time you're really sure And this is the end They say you really mean it This guy's the one that makes you feel So safe, so sane and so secure about you you have people coming in uh that shouldn't be i mean you can't you can't ever think of putting somebody like vanilla ice in the rock and roll hall of fame or or even uh i mean that's ridiculous or, and, or the beastie boys or no the, the, the rock and roll of fame was put together by rolling stone rolling stone right. magazine and head of rolling stone and if you look at the first not uh first inductees and the first few years of it around 1970 71 or whatever it was it was all rock, rock, hard rock bands. <laughs> and, then, and then eventually they start correcting it and they say, wait, wait a minute. I mean, where's Sam Cooke? Whereas, you know, it, was, it got, it got kind, of, kind of crazy. And, but they are trying to rectify that. I must say, because I've talked to many of them up there, they're trying so hard to rectify that. 
eventually the um, the Shirelles got in. Um, you know, the groups, the, the senior groups that came up at that time, you know, that goes right back to doo What do you call the Shirelles? Are they a doo group? Uh, I'm, I'm confused. How do, you, how do you label them? They're the same group. Well, I always label them as a, as, a, as a female group. I mean, you know, well, there, there wasn't. Man, females can't be, they're, they're, they're exempted for being a doo group, though they're a group. So when I'm saying Supremes, what are they? Like we are, it, it, it isn't. You know, people look, need that, and and what does that count? I've had people look at me, and I've done a concert for one hour and one hour and ninety minutes, man. And the guys are all sweating, and we just lay them out, man. But he's standing ovations, and and we always go back and sign off records and stuff, and we get to meet the people that way, and we're talking to them, and you'd be surprised at things I hear, Lee. I mean, one woman said. Um, Boy, that was the greatest doo-wop concert I've ever seen. And everybody looked at her like, what? <laughs> we just got to just got do it all by myself and Michelle Legrand and, and police. And what are you talking about? See, that's because it, she's been conditioned. It's, it's like all advertisement. You're conditioned. That's what happened. And, and I've had, I had a lady once come looked at me and says, oh, my gosh, what a greatest concert. Your voice is so great. Oh, my gosh, are you really the little Anthony in the Imperials? I go, no, we're Memorex. <laughs> Did you just hear the show? <laughs> I mean, human nature is, is, is wild. Thank God most people understand what's going on, and, and they know. Uh, it's like Bowser, um, and I've known Bowser many years, 
and he does, you know, his annual shows up there in the uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at first he, he was doing that, and then he stopped. Because really, I used to have this discussion with him. I said, man, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I know it brings in people, you make money, but th- this is not the way to route to go. And we would get into that, so finally now he doesn't do that anymore. There, was, there are several promoters are beginning to see see the light, but there's so many others that they're just scared that if they don't use that name, they're not going to get the people to come in, which is ridiculous. The people don't come on based upon what it's called. The people come in and they hear the songs they love. Exactly. That they remember. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know. <laughs> I mean, you I don't call that rock and roll revival myself. I, I don't call it, it too much. you perfectly rightly. It's, it's rock and roll revival, because it really is the end of what rock and roll was, which is, like I said, the, the birth child of R&B, or street corner singing. The groups that we came up with and um, were called street corner singers and, and R&B singers. So it, it really is a misnomer. And what's happened is that the, if you go to Europe, me, and you go to Asia, they don't know anything about any doo-wop. They, if you say that word, they're going to go, what? What's that? English guys don't know what that what that means. They know it's R and B. They know right. it. And and they're much more educated in what the truth is about what it is than the people that are here. Well and that's because it's still going on. I mean, they still have a rock they, and roll revival going on right now. Yes, because well, you know, with them, the Europeans are different than us. We sort of a fast food uh, country. You know, we we, we, we can <laughs> we can we can pull down a work of art, man, and put up a Kenny's parking lot. I mean, you know, if it makes money, you know, McDonald's. I mean, we it, it doesn't. It, it's all about capitalism and money, which is good. It's cool, but I'm just saying, I'll, we're a different type of people than a lot of people in the world, and it must be okay because everybody's trying to get in this country. But the thing is, is that we don't see it like they do. They see it as art form. Mm-hmm. You understand? We yes. see it as the flavor of the month. I get you. I mean, if you if, if you if you if you because it's fast food. Okay, what are you doing for me lately? Right. So what was prolific and, 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 and profound and great and wonderful, it's not wonderful and great anymore. What's happening today is, I, I told uh, some of my contact cats that are still around, and they said, well, man, we don't understand. You play all the greatest places, and we can't get in those. Man, I don't know. And I said, man, let me tell you something. That's not about no luck. That's hard work and the blessing to be able to, we came out of the, the, we came out of the the the, the ending of we, we we came out of the last part of Vaudeville. I mean, we right. played with people like Bombs, Mabel, Jet, Red Fox. We played with the we played the Apollo. We played the Regal Theater in Chicago. We played the Royal Theater in Baltimore, and on and on and on and on. And it was it was pure performance. There was no label about it. It was just pure R and B. So we came out of that. And we learned, and we were able to cross over. We learned by going and being really curious enough to know what other people were doing. Now, like a lot of people don't realize, who yes, Lil Anthony. Who's Lil Anthony? Well, here's Lil Anthony. Anthony Gordine, Jerome Anthony Gordine is my name, and he's a, he's a, he rides horses. He owns horses. He had owned horses. I like to do everything. I'm going on a balloon ride. I scuba dive. I snorkel. I play golf, and <laughs> and and I love uh, 
I love the theater. And whenever I'm in New York City, I'm in play theaters all the time, come up with my mom and dad. I was an actor before I was a singer and a child actor. You know, my, my uh, training and, and, and everything comes it's so deep and so wide, it's hard for people to understand, well, no, he, you know, in their mind they're thinking he's limited. Well, no, I like opera. I'm going to Italy with my wife, and we're going to go to La Scala. I like Verdi. I like Pacino. I mean, if you look and say who I am, that's who I really am. Gotcha. You, you, you see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I get very passionate when people tell me, oh, you're a doo-wop singer, or you're this. Or, no, you're, you don't even know who I am. Right. But what I love about shows like yours, I get an opportunity to tell the people what really is. And set I got to straight. I got a question to ask you now, and uh, I because it's not just you, but it's it is the whole genre. Why do you think that every vocal group now knows I'm saying vocal group, every big vocal group, the lead singer always ends up going on his own? It's simple. He's the lead singer. It's what's his feature. Oh, yeah, but you know what? You, 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 you grow up. With... Other, wait, wait, wait. You understand something? You got. Four or five guys, maybe, you know, in those right. days, right? There's nothing to distinguish them. They're usually all four white guys or four black guys. How do you know who they are? There's going to be that one voice always has been that way that will stand out to, to a point where the audience locks onto that voice. Mm-hmm. So once that person becomes that individuality or becomes – see, originally I was, called, I was in a group called the Imperials. But Alan Freed gave me the name Little Anthony, and that separated me. Now, I'm not an imperial. I'm Little Anthony. I happen to sing with the imperials. Right.
child. Wow. Please be mine, my darling dear. I love you all the time. I'm just a fool. Wow. A fool in love with you.
Okay? I was not getting too deep. <laughs> well, the reason why I asked you that is because uh, in cases like um, Frankie Lyman, for example, yeah. as soon as he, he had one hit on his own and all of a sudden he nosedived into obscurity. But it wasn't because of anything to do with groups or he didn't pull out or not the group. It's because he had right. drug problems, okay? That's what destroyed him. He was one of the greatest voices ever known. Had not he destroyed himself, he would have right. been known, you know. Uh, you know. So even with a group like like people don't remember, there was a group called Billy Ward and the Dominoes. Right. Well, Billy Ward, this is the lead singer. He right, did, I don't think he, he ever did, did anything guitar. but arrange. No, he arranged, and he played the piano, remember? Right, and right. And everybody said, Billy won the domino. But in that group, guess who was in that group? Jackie Wilson. Absolutely. Clyde Uh-huh. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I'm an old friend of Jackie's when he was um, still alive. And, uh, and, and uh, I remember I saw him once at the Copacabana, and mm. the biggest... The biggest ovation he got was when he sang, of all things, he sang My Yiddish Mama. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, people don't know that Jackie's background is in classical music. <laughs> Nobody can do that. Well, those of us who are in the business know who it is. You know? Yeah. And, and, the, and, and the funny thing, when, 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 in our era, I've told many, many interviewers, and then I'll tell you as well, the reason why Lil Anthony Curtis stayed out there so long and still there and at a high high level for many reasons. First, we've been blessed with a lot of talent, and we've been blessed to meet a lot of great people who spurred us on in the right direction. What happened with a lot of the groups and a lot of the people that came out of that era, scrupulous managers, bad people getting their lives, and they tell them, you are a recording star. You are a recording star. You were a recording star. Once your star got dim and people didn't buy your records like they used to, and there's a reason for that. People grow up. Their tastes change. If you're a teenager, 18, 17 years old, oh, baby, this is great, like Justin Bieber. It is today. All the little teeny boppers went out there. But 10 years from now, they're going to be 27 and have three kids. And, and bills and a car, a car note. It's going to change their life. It's going to change what they think. It's going to change their taste. And, it, and what happens is a lot of the acts in that time just thought everything would be forever. And they never thought that they should prepare themselves for becoming a performing stars, I mean uh, recording stars, to performing stars. Mm-hmm. That's where they miss the boat. I agree. I agree, absolutely. Because you and, know, Lee, if you see if you see most of the shows, the the most you're going to get out of most of those acts, and they try because they watch us. They're going to do their records, and then they're going to go off the stage, and that's it. They, they'll do their records, and imagine little Peggy Marsh, and I know her a long time. Little Peggy Marsh is a grandmother. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny. I just saw. I just saw of all people. I'm trying. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, my 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 mind just went blank. The one who did Fujiyama Mama. Um, oh, you know I know what you mean. God damn it! Oh, she man. was just um, she was just here in Orlando. I don't believe this. She spe- she did a whole show here in Orlando. I don't know who went. I don't know how they even got it. But she did a, 
a complete show at the Plaza Theater. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's uh, it used to be an old movie no. theater in town. Mm-hmm. And now it is basically the alternative venue. Mm-hmm. And um, she was playing, she did uh, Let's Have a Party and, and all the songs she did. And I, and all of a sudden my mind went blank on her name, but uh, she, I couldn't believe she was still singing. She's 78 years old, I think, something like that. There's quite a few out there. Hiroshima too, the same I did to them, baby, I can do to you, cause I'm a Fujiyama mama, and I'm just about to blow my top, Fujiyama yama, Fujiyama, and when I start erupting, ain't nobody gonna make me stop, I drink a quarter sake, smoke dynamite, I chase it with the backy, and then shoot out the light, cause I'm a Fujiyama mama, and I'm just about to blow my top, memory I had. Here I was, I think I was 14, and there was a place, he, uh, when we heard that Fats Domino was performing in Brooklyn, we wanted yeah. to go. Right, I got, <laughs> Yeah, but this was, where he was performing was a club called the Riptide in Coney Island, yeah, and you had, to be, you had to be 18 or over to get in. And if right. I, I'm, I insisted on sneaking in. My friend's parents did not like me, but I insisted on sneaking in. I said, I ain't going to... When my dream boy 
when they opened up, I was there at 3 o'clock in the morning. I told you I didn't pay nothing. Right. Well, you're lucky. (laughs) I had to get in the first row. No, we were we were thugs. That's how we got it. We knew all the tricks, you know. And you remember the, the in those days they had these uh, what do they call them the matrons or the oh the yeah oh, you those, see? well those smiling we faced women oh. yeah but we knew some of them and they kind of opened the door for us way at the top and ah that's the inside it was the inside job <laughs> <laughs> but since we're talking about the Paramount. Let's talk mm-hmm. about Alan Freed. I mean, um, oh, man. Yeah. he meant a lot to me. I mean, I got to know him very well because mm-hmm. I wasn't just a, a stupid kid that wanted to hear things, but he would sit down with me because I used to go up to the WINS studios, mm-hmm. and he'd say, tell me, which of these songs did you like? He was such an incredible guy. Yeah, he's he a smart guy, too. He, he knew how to use the public to find out what they liked. I met him. The first time I met him, again, it was to, um, uh, I forgot the name of the guys, it's so many years ago. Um, they were working with him in some capacity or another, and they happened to pull us in, you know, pull me in. Um, and that was with the, when, with that, when I was with the high school guys called the DuPonts. Right. And, um, and, and we didn't, we weren't, we weren't nobody. I mean, nothing. We're nothing. There's no record, there's no, there's no hit records, nothing. It's just a cult thing. People bring up stuff that they ain't really nothing. But at that time, we, we happened to be, in, you know, they happened to want to record us, which the record was a total flop. And um, but in order to promote us and promote the song, the song was called Prove It Tonight. And we, and because they knew him, they needed the opening act for this wonderful show that had, oh, my gosh, he was on that show. Teddy Rondazzo was on that show, but he was with mm-hmm. the Chuckles, the Platters, the real, the original platters. Um, uh, the, <laughs> we'll go into that later. Eh? That's another <laughs> okay. And 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 then we had Frank and I'm and the teenagers, the 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 um, uh, heart and soul. Who's it? What name of that group? Cutthones. Cutthones. Uh, let me see. Nappy Brown. Uh, Buddy Knox. Oh, uh, uh, who else was on that show? Oh, my mind, you know, it's a long time ago. It's like 50, almost 60 years. Too long ago. Too long. My brain is not connecting. But my mind sees all these people that was on that show. That, oh, the moon glows. Um, uh, 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 the, the heartbeats. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it had to be 14 acts on that show. And the line For a dollar 50. Dollar For a dollar 50. And, and, and we get to open. Now, you know I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck when they told me that. You know, and actually, that was the first time I met Teddy Randazzo. And we would open the show with the song, Prove It Tonight. And when I walked out and see all them people, they, they didn't really know who we were. You know what I mean? But we were a singing group. And we did good. I mean, I went out and I, you know, I wasn't in no little laughing. That was three years before I was a little laughing. I was yeah. just in the DuPonts. And so we opened that show. But the experience I got from all those kids screaming and the, and the lights and the Cameras and the yeah. and the big band, Georgie All's big band and and big jo- uh, 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 big Al Sears, big Al Sears and right. all these famous people and hanging back with people. I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I was like, wow. And I knew. I said, this is this is what I'm. I got to do this. This is this. Wow. 
two selections from Anthony when he was with the DuPonts. Now, we're going to have the second part of this great interview with the very outspoken Anthony Gordine of the Imperials in just three short days. I have to tell you that this has been one of the most interesting experiences of my life as myself and Anthony will talk about the old days of Brooklyn Paramount Theater, Brooklyn itself, and the great rock and roll stars that he idolized as well as I. We'll see you in just three short days from now with the rest of this incredible interview. For everybody here at Old Time Rock and Roll, this is Lee Douglas. That is a wrap. here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BGW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus